hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema, and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of the Relatable Homeschoolers. Today, we're talking home management, and we're going to cover the six questions that we get about home management. We're going to do it kind of in a rapid fire style. We could do an episode on each of these six areas, but we're going to put them all together in one big home management episode. And of course, Harmony and Heather are with me. So welcome, ladies. Hi. Thank you, Annie. (laughs) So we're going to do this round robin kind of home management kickoff here. So the first one I have on my list is meal planning. Harmony, Heather, how do you guys do meal planning? How do you know what to feed these people who are here all the time? Well, I have a few resources. One, probably just about two to three years ago, I got tired of my kids being like, what are we eating, you know, or not wanting what I made. And so I put three pieces of blank paper out on the table and I labeled them breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I had all four of my kids and my husband write down things. I was like, fill this out for me. So that's kind of like my go-to, like when I'm kind of stuck, I just took pictures of those. I have them saved in a note on my phone. And so when I'm feeling like I don't know what to make, or I don't know what to do, I go to that list. My second resource is plan to eat app on my phone. And I save any recipe that I want to make online. I save it to the app. I've used it probably four, five years now. And it's gold for me. I pay for the subscription every year. Thanksgiving weekend, they do the half off sale and I renew my subscription. And so basically once a week I sit down, I either look at my plan to eat app or I look at the meal ideas that I have on those papers and I go from there. I do love to cook from a cookbook too, but very rarely do I have that leisurely time to peruse a cookbook. So I do try to, when things are a little bit slower in the kids' activity seasons, to pull from a cookbook and try new things. But that's not my current season right now. Harmony, what do you do? Well, it is also a seasonal thing for me, at least in part. I have a lot of cookbooks, probably about 150, something like that. I don't know. I haven't done a count lately. And as my girls have gotten older, I've I've picked up more and more dinner cookbooks. I'm always looking for the next favorite thing that everyone will like. So I have a lot of things that my one daughter will eat, a lot of things my other daughter will eat. My husband will eat anything. He's easy. But trying to figure out a plan where you're everyone is successfully sitting down at the table together and no one is eating cereal is an ongoing challenge. It's getting better. Uh, My youngest is about to be seven. So her palate's starting to expand, but yeah, she would do cereal or mac and cheese for like the last three or four years and and nothing else if you let her or peanut butter and jelly. So I use, I do use my cookbooks, but I also have gotten a little more streamlined in normal times when my husband is home and he's away. uh, He's in Africa right now for work for a few months. I will cook like one new recipe a week. And I just know that uh, the backup is cereal. If the kids don't like it. Like Eli and I will always eat it. And I just go that route because I'm always looking. I like to try new things. But for normal meals, I use um, actually a technique that the lazy genius Kendra Adachi introduced me to, and it's called a dinner queue. And I kind of had already been doing it, but I started to become a little more intentional about it where I have a fall dinner queue, a summer dinner queue, a winter dinner queue. And I have just have a notebook with a list of what she calls brainless crowd pleasers, which means meals that pretty much everybody likes or that at least 
three of the four of us like and are a hit and that I know I can put together in less than an hour on a weeknight. And I go from that list. I also have a, a dinner queue that is crock pot recipes and then a dinner queue that is instant pot recipes for nights when I need like to put dinner together at lunchtime and leave it because we have something to do right after. Like my, my younger daughter has dance on Tuesdays from 5.30 to 6.30. So we basically, I end my workday. We had to dance. We come home, everybody's starving. There has to be dinner waiting. If I don't want to pick up fast food, I've got to have something that's in the crock pot or that's in the, had been in the instant pot and it's been keeping warm. So something like mm-hmm. that. So I use a dinner queue and then I have, I actually have an app that I love for my cookbooks and it's called Eat My Books. It's not an app, it's a website, but I have it saved on my phone as a bookmark. And it allows you to input the cookbooks that you own. And then you can search for recipes by ingredient. You can favorite recipes and you can organize and make plans from the cookbooks that you own. So that I use here and there too, especially during seasonal times, you know, like in summer when I've got a ton of zucchini, I need to use up my zucchini. So I look for recipes that way. But the dinner queue is probably the most helpful thing in this stage that I'm in. And I do my planning on like Saturdays every week for the coming week. And we always have like one leftover night and one takeout night to make things easy and give me a night off too. And those are built mm-hmm. into the schedule. I plan a month at a time. And usually like the last week of the month, I'll sit down and I'll just print off the month from my computer and then just start penciling in the days. And then I have lunch and breakfast uh, planned out the week the same thing for a week. It's saved my kids from raiding the fridge to eat just whatever and then eating stuff that I needed for recipes later in the week. So one day it's sandwiches and one day it's quesadillas and one day it's mac and cheese. And we do the same thing for breakfast. One day it's pancakes, one day it's breakfast sandwiches, and one day it's oatmeal or whatever. And so then they know, like they get up early and they want to start breakfast. They know what we're supposed to be eating and it it helps get them started. And if they're hungry earlier in the day and they want to have lunch, they know what they can eat. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for supper, I do kind of theme days from the time John and I got married, which is 15 years ago, Friday night's been pizza night. That's always done. We're having pizza. Now the type of pizza changes, but I know that we're always having pizza that night. And then Sunday night is soup. 12 months out of the year in our house. Um, Sunday night is my night off because I preach in the mornings. And so I get up early and I throw the stuff in the crock pot and then supper is ready Sunday night. And so I sketch out for a whole month and then Sunday afternoon, I will sketch out my grocery list and uh, add any fresh things that I need and anything I need for a recipe that I don't have. I think it's important to say, like we're talking about this on a homeschooling podcast. Why does this matter? Why does meal planning matter? It matters because like in my house, if I don't meal plan, I devolve into chaos and I can stand in front of the pantry or the fridge for an hour trying to figure out what to cook. That is less the case the older I get. I always have ingredients for certain things or if Mm -hmm. a night goes off the rails or the grocery shopping doesn't get done, I can survive for a few days. But just to have sanity and to have a plan, I don't even necessarily stick to my meal plan by the day always, I may mix things up in a week. Like I may decide on Tuesday that I don't feel like what was on the Tuesday menu is going to fit. So I want, I'm going to cook what's on the Thursday menu right? and swap it around. It drives my kids crazy, but, Mm -hmm. or if something happens and there's an easier meal that was somewhere else in the week and you just pull it for that night, but it's, it is sanity making. And so even if you hate meal planning, if you can just 
spend 30 minutes mm-hmm. doing it on the weekend. Just, just one less thing to have to decide. For sure. Well, and in our case, we raise all of our own meat, a lot of our vegetables, and we can them, freeze them, preserve them. And so I need to use things. Like right now, I have a bunch of ribs in my freezer and mm. I need to plan a rib night. So yeah. in the next couple of weeks, we have to have a rib night because I have a bunch of ribs to use up. Rib fest. Oh man, it's the best night of the year. <laughs> So if you if that's your case where you know maybe you buy in bulk and you're like wow we really have a lot of rice and beans you know then work those into your meal plan and eat up those things that you have a lot of right. and so we can dovetail this into how do we shop for groceries I shop on Monday mornings or Monday afternoons it's also our day to go to the library so we do a library day and groceries at the same time I make a once a month Sam's Club run for example like. 250 paper plates right because my i would buy out my small grocery store like i I can't (laughs) buy all of her paper plates and so i'll get bigger things like that on a monthly sam's club run but mostly we support our local grocery store eat our own meat and eggs and vegetables and that's where planning comes into play too Mm mm-hmm Because you do not want to eat all of your ground beef by November. Right. Yeah. I'm saying I've just started doing like a monthly run to either Costco or Sam's. It used to be a very weekly thing for me because where we used to live and where my girl's old dance studio was, it was right around the corner from a Costco. So I could literally run there whenever I wanted to because we were at dance three days a week. Now we're a little more out in the country and it's not as convenient. So I'm scheduling a Sam's run once a month and usually like, an Audi run, you know, every two weeks kind of a thing. And then our town has a Kroger. So that is becoming more of my regular source. You know, it's three minutes away and it's really not helpful that it's three minutes away because it's so easy to just, oh, run to Kroger and get one thing. And I hate that, but it is convenient and it works when we need it or if we forget something or we run out of something. I wish I had a more solidified plan for groceries. I think I'm still trying to figure out the best system, even though I've been here a year. I need to be more intentional with planning for getting my groceries just because it's not as convenient as it used to be. And like you said, Harmony, with the meal planning this afternoon, I'm gone to see afternoons and all day Wednesdays. So I literally cooked three dinners this afternoon because it's what works. So I have like two trays of enchiladas and two different soups ready for our week because kids activities in the evenings and I had to have food ready to go. So it's made and we can heat it up when needed. Yeah, that's definitely helpful. I stopped going to the grocery store when Holland was about a year old. So this has been six, almost six years ago. Eli went on TDY also to Kenya, same place. And I had a one-year-old and a five-year-old and I could not get my arms around grocery shopping. It was horrible trying to grocery shop with the two of them, but I did not have any good pockets of time when I didn't have them with me because I didn't have a spouse and we lived far away from family. So I started doing grocery online ordering before this was, you know, long before COVID and it was new at our local grocery store at the time. And I would schedule the pickup while Lily was in dance class and, you know, I'd have the baby in the car and I would schedule it at the grocery store near dance class. And I would drive over there and pick up my order and go back and pick her up from dance class. And that just became the routine. So I did grocery pickup during dance, whatever night it was. And I shifted my planning to kind of fit that you know, so I'd plan meals from Tuesday to Tuesday or Wednesday to Wednesday, depending on whatever dance class was, did that for years. And 
when we moved back to Michigan, I kind of went back to going to the grocery store. Like I felt like I needed to reacclimate different grocery store chain. And now I'm, I'm doing grocery pickup again. It does a couple things. I spend less money because I'm not impulse buying and it just saves me time. So as long as I order a day ahead, kind of like you, Heather, at my house in Memphis, Costco is literally across the street. So I could run over to Costco, run in there and be home. And now it's 15 minutes away at least. So I have been doing Costco ordering as well. And it costs a bit to pay for Instacart, but the amount of time it saves me, it's worth it not to have to run down there. And there are certain things that we just go through a lot and it's a much better cost savings to buy them in bulk. Now, what about house cleaning? Because again, these people are here all the time. My (laughs) brother and sister, both professionals, their spouses are both professionals. They all work outside the home. Their kids go to public school. They both have house cleaners, which great, good for them. And I think, why do you have house cleaners? You aren't home during the day. I need a house cleaner. We're here all the time. Mm -hmm. So how do we manage house cleaning when we are here? Mm. I know, right? (laughs) I feel like I used to have a good answer for this. Now, not so much. So I would say prior to the last two years, we had a really good system in our house. We had basically a chore chart for our kids. There was a list of chores that they had to do every day without pay. And that was kind of things like unloading the dishwasher and wiping the table and things, things that just needed to be done daily. And then there were weekly chores that they got paid for. And then there were additional chores that weren't required, but they could do if they wanted to earn more money. We ran that system really well for a really good time. We paid our kids, like I said, a commission for the chores that they were required to do each week and any additional chores that they did. And we kind of really tied that into teaching our kids about money and finances and giving and spending and saving and things like that. But now we're out of the house a lot more. And so I feel like cleaning the house has become a lot harder just because we're doing things kind of like in pockets of time or before we have people come over. And it's not a system that I recommend, but that's where we're at right now. And I will say, I mean, my husband and I are both kind of very tidy people. So there is a daily tidiness that happens in our house because we live by the mantra of, you know, everything has a place and there's a place for everything. But yes, keeping up with the dust and a golden retriever hair, that takes some effort. We right now don't have a system in place, but it gets done when it needs to get done, I guess. And I guess that's what matters. I will say over COVID, I did become addicted to the uh, Go Clean Co lady on Instagram, and I love watching her cleaning videos. So she does put a little inspiration in my soul when (laughs) I watch her videos of cleaning stuff. I will say I did do a very thorough deep clean of this house when we moved in based on all her videos and her handbook and things like that. But yeah, there's my helpful, not so helpful answer. <laughs> well, I think it's hard. It's, you know, like we're, we're training our children mm-hmm. to, to clean house. And what does clean mean to them versus what does clean mean to mom? Right. And just doing a refresh every once in a while, you know, keeps everybody, you know, aware and on their toes. Our house cleaning routine kind of got stale and we kind of got lax on it. Mm-hmm. And just refreshing that, updating the to-do uh, chart 
So my kids get a list each week and then there's three of them. So they, every three weeks, they would have the same list. We rotate at some point during the week, they need to get that job done. So one of them has the living room. Well, that means dust and vacuum and tidy declutter, put anything away that is migrated there that should be somewhere else. And so theoretically, every room in our house should be cleaned once a week. Right. And then if everybody's doing that, then the next week, it's not so bad. That is what we do. But sometimes it doesn't get done or someone's version of clean is not the same as the person next week. And so that's where we practice good communication skills and we talk (laughs) about those things. I use mostly use the fly lady system and she's got a website and an app and she divides the house into zones and you can set up, you know, your own zones and decide what tasks belong in those zones. So she has, you work on a different zone each week and in the space of a month, you get through your whole house a little bit deeper clean. So she's washing windows and wiping down baseboards, wiping the fronts of your cupboards, things like that once a month. And then she has what's called a weekly home blessing. You dust and vacuum each room every week and mop floors. I divide that up. I dust and vac or sweep one room a day between upstairs and down. It will take me two weeks to get through the house. And then daily, you're wiping down your kitchen counters and you're doing what she calls a swish and swipe, which is a quick clean of toilets and sinks in the bathroom and the mirror if you need to wipe it down. And I do that. We have two full bathrooms. It just takes two minutes. And if you do it every day, the bathroom is never gross. Tub and shower and things like that are saved for when the that's the bathroom in that zone. So I probably spend 15 minutes a day to 20 minutes a day broken up cleaning. Mm-hmm. I do enlist the girls' help. They do have chores. It's sometimes a challenge to get them to help, but we we enlist what I call the five minute tidy. And that's, I put on music that they like and we tidy. Cause I am one of those people who cannot live in a house where there's chaos. I can handle mm-hmm. a little dust, but I right. have to have stuff put away. Exactly. So, and I have to have the dishwasher emptied. I cannot go to bed at night with a sink full of dishes, things like that. So I have routines in place to kind of keep us tidy. One other thing that's been super handy that I learned from the fly lady is about taking five minutes a day or two minutes a day to clean up a hot spot, the kind of places where everything tends to land. So like by your front mm-hmm. door, for me, it's the sideboard in the dining room. There's certain windowsills in the house or like have a window seat where stuff just gets thrown and just taking three minutes and tackling that and putting all the stuff away. Our stairs are terrible for the girls leave everything on the stairs. So hot spot cleaning is also Mm -hmm. handy. I mean, if I don't want to spend my Saturday cleaning the house, so I try to just break it into manageable chunks Mm -hmm. and you're always cleaning. The whole house is never particularly clean at the same time, but oh, well, Mm -hmm. it's never that dirty either. So, and that's it. That's the thing. Every mom has to decide. What is clean for you? Like you said, Mm -hmm. Annie, what is clean to you? What is your priority? Is it being tidy? Is it the bathroom? And how can you structure a routine and a rhythm for cleaning that does not take over your life or Mm -hmm. cause you to go crazy? Right. A hot spot for us is mail and paperwork. Mm -hmm. Like as homeschoolers, we generate a lot of art projects and paper. And what do we do with mail that keeps coming in every day? How do you guys handle mail and paperwork? Deal with the mail the minute it comes in the door. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm preaching to myself here because it mail is a trap for me. If I'm not on top of the mail, it's yeah. I agree with Harmony, but the trick to that is I don't probably get my mail every day either. 
<laughs> we probably only bring it in every two to three days. But when I do bring it in, I go through it right then and put everything that just needs to go into the recycling into the recycling. I make a p- pile for my husband. I put that on his dresser. And then I take my mail and put it in a neat pile in my bedroom to be dealt with later. <laughs> but it gets separated and organized is pretty much as soon as it comes in. So then when is the later? Oh, when is the later, Harmony? Because <laughs> that's also a trap, right? It is. I think Annie has a solution for that. <laughs> we had a bad habit of losing things because uh, I'm married to someone who likes to see all the mail in its junk mail glory and look at everything. And I cannot. I go straight to the garbage can and start weeding through. And so we were losing things, just the volume of paperwork that we have and the farm business and we have to keep our farm receipts and the catering receipts and we were drowning in paperwork and so I went to YouTube because that's where we go when we need help with stuff right and found the it's called a Sunday basket um, but my Sundays are pretty busy so I do mine on Monday morning I call it a Monday basket and uh, that's how we handle our stuff you can find tons of videos on YouTube tell different people how they organize those systems but that really kept our important papers together I only have to deal with paper one a week. I don't have any late bills because I pay bills once a week and it's really been helpful for us. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of not being late, how do we handle calendars and planning? There are so many tools for this. There um, are. I am an analog paper planner person, always have been. I've tried to switch to digital. I do use a shared Google calendar with my husband, but I also have everything on paper so I can look at that week mm-hmm. on my desk in front of me every day. We are all I, analog. Yeah, I'm similar to Harmony. But I will say our family utilizes a Google calendar probably more because my three oldest kids have access to adding things and can see our calendar. So for instance, just earlier today, my daughter came down, someone from church had reached out to her, asked her if she would be available to babysit on Thursday. We looked at the calendar. I said, yeah, you're good to go put it on the calendar. So then I told her it's your responsibility to get that on the calendar though. So we don't forget about it. And she did. And even when I put things on the calendar for my kids events, it's gotten to the point where my husband and I will sit down on Sundays and we'll go through the week and I will put our initials next to the event of who's taking or who's, you know, picking up. So say for instance, tonight, we actually had an instance where I took my boys to soccer practice, but my husband was picking them up. Then it would be like H slash J. So we knew like I was taking, you're picking up. We, our Google calendar is very heavily used, but then I will in my planner write down a week at a time just so I can see it because I'm so much more visual and I like to see it down on paper. So I will write every week out in my calendar so I can see it. And there are so many great planners out there. Find one Mm -hmm. that you love. Yep. You know, and don't be afraid to spend a little bit because if it is a planner you can rely on, I used to always want a really cheap planner and I've come to really appreciate some of the little bit more pricey planners. Um, I love Mm -hmm. day designer. I used them for the last several years. This year I decided to try Emily simplified planner and I love it too. Space for, you know, whatever you need. If you want a to-do mm-hmm. list space, I like to have a to-do list space. I like to have a place to write what we're having for dinner. I like to write those kinds of things plus whatever the events are of the day. Yeah. I was a diehard bullet journaler for years now, like at least a decade I've been bullet journaling, but it's getting to be too much for me, like creating all the spreads and keeping yeah. up every month with it. it. Just, it's getting to be too much with all that I'm doing right now. And so this year for 2023, I'm trying a plum paper planner, which allows you to customize a lot and still gives you blank stuff in the back where you can make your books I've read this year list and 
that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So that's what I'm looking at for planning for next year. The last topic I have on my list, ladies, is laundry. Now, in our house, my kids have been doing their own laundry from the time they could crawl on top of the washer. And so we have older washer and dryer. They were my parents' washer and dryer. They came at the house we moved in. I took a Sharpie and I lined up the two arrows, one on the faceplate and one on the dial. And I said, when you line up the arrows, pull the lever and you're done. And so my kids have been doing their own laundry from the time they were little. Um, We each have a day. And so I don't want any laundry stored in my laundry room. My laundry day is Monday. So mom Monday, easy to remember. So on Monday mornings, I take my laundry in. Generally, I have two loads. I will run my laundry through on Mondays. There should be nobody else's laundry in there. I will wash and dry, wash and dry, and I will take it back to my room that night And then Tuesday is Henry's day. And then he will have the laundry room clean and ready for his laundry. In theory, there should be nobody else's laundry in the laundry room come evening time. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's been working that way for years. Now, sometimes we get busy or we go away for the afternoon and into the evening and somebody has to dry a load yet, but most of the time that's what works for us. We have the same thing. We have a schedule and Monday through Friday and we leave Saturday kind of open as a catch up for anybody. But my girls each have their own day. I have my own day. My boys, they do their laundry together a day. And then my husband has a day, but the boys do his laundry. So everybody has a day. And if you miss a day, then you're going to do it on Saturday on catch up day. My kids tend to wear less clothes more frequently. Still, I still do their laundry together in one batch. When my husband's home, I have a load of laundry every morning, a full load. And I wash a load a day, wash in the morning and then dry in the afternoon, fold it and put it away. The girls are responsible for folding and putting away their own laundry. And if they don't fold and put it away, then they're wearing clothes out of a laundry basket. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think we're about running up against the clock here. Do we want to real quick share what's bringing joy to our homeschools right now? It's going to have to be quick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of something. Oh, mercy. Well, it's a book for me. It's a book that uh, we've talked about on the podcast, uh, Stephen Ranella's Raising Outdoor Kids in an Inside World. And I've just, it's in my purse. It's the book I take along everywhere right now because it's short. I can, you know, it doesn't have a plot that I'm trying to keep up with. And so I read it whenever I have a couple of minutes and we live a very outdoor lifestyle here on the farm. And it's just been very affirming for me that we're doing something right. And so that's what's bringing me joy right now. I will say for me, I am, we are full into fall here in Michigan. It came with a vengeance on the first day of fall. So hot coffee in the afternoon and I made a pumpkin bunk cake and doing my best to enjoy fall. We are taking more intentional breaks. So three times a day, and I say breaks, but it's really starting and ending the day, like bookending with a walk out to our back pastures. So in the morning and in the evening, we have to let the chickens out and then put the chickens to bed. And we just go ahead and keep walking and we walk all the way back out to our woods. And then we've also been doing that at lunchtime. And those three little breaks give us about 1200 steps a break. 
and um, some fresh air. And we kind of are watching, you know, the foliage turn and it's, um, it's been fabulous. So we're building a really good habit of getting outside. Thank you so much for joining us discussing our home management strategies, things we're struggling with, things we're successful at. If you have any questions pertaining to home management or anything, really, feel free to leave them on our social media sites and we will answer them in a future podcast. See you all next time. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.